0: listening to sci-fi tv rewatch episode 335 my name's dave and i'm joined as always by my co-host wayne as we continue our discussion of the youtube science fiction series impulse and you know we've talked about the fact that many times in the tv genre world it's either feast or famine dude it is feast every time i turn around every time i go on to netflix there's a new show that has dropped so so, yeah. I, you know, we'll talk about what we're watching in a few minutes, but man, it's hard to keep up. And I don't even have Disney or Apple or any of those other services. So,
1: yeah, well, that's what you, you got. That's the good thing is that when, when it's feasting time, you can just save the rest for when, for the family. Yeah. We should have learned this from uh, Joseph yeah, in the Bible. Yeah, good point.
0: <laughs> but, uh, well, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, you know, Wayne and I want to thank all our Patreon supporters. We really appreciate you guys getting behind the podcast. Um, if you guys want to contact us, episode feedback, questions, comments, whatever, the email is fi TV rewatch at com. You can also go to the website, leave a voicemail or Just record your own voicemail and send it to us as an MP3 attachment, the way Fred does each week. Uh, Tweet us at Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. But as always, we'd encourage you to join the Facebook group and get into the discussions there. And I don't know if it's just the dark phenomenon or rather the post-dark phenomenon. We're not getting a whole lot of discussion on the Facebook group related to Impulse, which... Uh, I, you know, I find a little strange because I think it's such a compelling
1: show. But again, it's not dark. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: There's no question it's not dark.
1: Right. Not nearly as popular as dark, too, you know. And and not having a vehicle like Netflix is also... I mean, while YouTube obviously is popular in and of itself, I don't think people are really going there yet for its original program. Well, yeah,
0: but I did look so. at the YouTube episodes. And you know how on a YouTube... Episode, whether it's just some guy that's got a a web a YouTube channel, it tells you how many times it's been watched, and and these episodes are in the post three million views, so people are watching them.
1: Yeah, but a lot of them are like Keegan Michael Key's.
0: (laughs) Could be, could be, Uh. (laughs) and uh, you know we'll we'll maybe go back to your initial thought about Keegan Michael Key and his role in this series, but. Anyway, tip of the week, what we're watching. Um, certainly one of the more intriguing Netflix offering that's dropped in the past few weeks is the Mark Gatiss, Stephen Moffat interpretation of the Dracula tale. I'm sure you saw that drop in your Netflix feed. I haven't seen it yet,
1: but I'm certainly going to check it out. Uh, I didn't realize those guys were involved with it, though. so. Well, that's just another thing I have to add to the list. Yeah, um, I'm also
0: five episodes into The Witcher and I just absolutely love it. Uh, I'm going to try to knock one out, at least one tonight after we're finished recording. But uh, yeah, just really, a, a really a great show. I, I just really love the characters, and it's just uh, if you haven't checked out The Witcher, it's it's definitely worth checking out. Well,
1: so. again on on the list. Yeah,
0: on the list. All right, what do you uh, got on your queue this week?
1: Well, so. What I have been watching is I actually started watching the Americans um, and I'm up to uh, season three of that. So that's why this being such a feast time, really I'm thinking maybe after I finish season three, I'll I'll take a little break to because I'm going to like watch lost in space. And I mean, it's all kinds of stuff out there now. So I don't know, but I love the Americans. It's great, but that's not really what I want to talk about. I want to talk about, Doctor Who: The Return of the Doctor. Have you seen them yet?
0: Only the first episode. Ugh. Well, we All binged right. another show that uh, I, I maybe I'll hold off as my tip for next week. Another Netflix show, but yeah, I'm gonna get to it. I, I thought part one far surpassed any episode from last series. Yes, I, I just thought it was amazing. 100%. I loved it. Yeah.
1: It was great, yeah, and, and part two was fantastic as well. I'm going to throw out a spoiler alert here just now. If you haven't seen him and you want to see him, just fast forward probably maybe like three, four minutes, I guess. Last year, my big gripe, and I guess you did too, I tend to, tend to gripe enough of my own that I don't really catch other people's gripes, but that, um, you know, that, that Chris Chibnall just took too much away from Doctor Who and trying to create his quote-unquote original kind of version of the Doctor, a lot of the things that, and I'd said this before, a lot of the things that made this show, or a lot of things that I loved about the show, he took out. And I'm not just talking about moving the Christmas episode to New Year's Day, which I think still sucks, because people have to freaking go back to work on the second. And... You know, you want to, like, kind of be able to enjoy... It It is tough to enjoy it when you're going back to work after New Year's Day. But Christmas night, like, probably most people don't go back to work the 26th. You're still aglow in kind of the holiday spirit, and it serves... I don't know. So anyway, I'm not going to go off on that. But um, I really think uh, these first two episodes of Season 12 were really a return to form of, of the Doctor. We see the Master returned which was like how (laughs) you know like last i checked a you were a lady and b you were turning good and now you're back you're a dude and you're back to being evil but of course i did read in one thing that um this is not necessarily after missy missy could still be in the future of this particular master so I, i just thought it was so great um and you know like the 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 car chase scene when they're on the motorcycles and the bad guy's shooting at him and the bullets are bouncing off the handlebars it's like it's so ridiculous right like if you if you want to like realistically nitpick obviously you could because but it's supposed to be obviously they know like a guy who's shooting a gun at people he's probably more likely to hit the people than the handlebars but it's just so fun and crazy and ludicrous and everything it was great you know it was awesome uh so just all around the second part one of my favorite historical figures was in it and i knew right away like they tried to kind of play it off like you didn't know who it was right away but i knew who it was right away so but uh, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna give that spoiler because you haven't seen it yet but uh i would watch part two tonight because it's fantastic but watch part one again first
0: well, I can't watch part 2 tonight unless my wife wakes up because she's a big Doctor Who fan and saw part 1. So, uh, right. You know, I've made it this far without cheating on my wife. I think I'll uh I'll I'll keep my uh record <laughs> record intact, but uh yeah, and, and clearly if you have seen and appreciate James Bond, it just adds so much uh, you know, richness to the episode and and right. I've seen some criticisms that Oh, they're just stealing from James Bond. Well, you think uh, yeah. that's that's <laughs> the charm
1: of it? I mean, exactly. Well, it's all tongue in cheek and show like how because all those James Bond movies. I mean, we love them, but they're ridiculous. Well, right. Like the bullets, the bullets clanging off
0: the motorcycle or the car, just like you said. I mean, that's right out of James Bond.
1: Right. Like uh, the the two people who hack into the guy's office and then hide, by, which I thought hiding behind the couch was great because. You know that's like the big the thing in in Britain, right? Is that you know Doctor Who hiding behind the couch? So there, but you know while the bad guy reveals his sinister plan, that our two heroes are just hiding behind the couch. <laughs> you know, it's just it, it, it's not. I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm saying I love it. I thought it was great. It's just so much fun, and I think the show took itself too seriously too much last year. I think just really kind of lost its way, but it's really back on track. So I hope they. They stick with this new version of Doctor Who because this this is this is what I like. This is what I, I did not really enjoy. I, I mean, I enjoyed last season. I'm not going to say I didn't because I did, but I didn't enjoy it as much. I certainly didn't love it. And I certainly wasn't looking forward to it as much as I was with every other previous. And that's not because there's a woman. Because now I think this is what I was hoping for: Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. You know, showing up to the fancy dress party with a tuxedo jacket and her three-quarter-length pants. That was awesome. All right, cool. Uh, and I'm sure
0: we'll talk about it more as the season goes on, but
1: yeah, as let's go ahead and move on to...
0: It. Yeah, well, I will. Don't worry. But uh, <laughs> let's get on to Impulse, episode six of season one, titled In Memoriam, written by Michael Bim, who just wrote for a show called All American, which apparently is a sports drama and Claire McQuillan, this is her only writing credit. And I have noticed that Impulse appears to be giving a lot of people a shot. And they're certainly coming through as far as I, I, I feel directed by mm. Did they by give Valerie Michael Wilson. Bim
1: another shot? Because well, you got to let me know if you have any further episodes written by him because okay. I might have
0: to skip those. Okay. Well Valerie Rice uh, also directed one episode of the Librarian. So so uh, clearly you didn't like this episode I a lot. And did and, not and like it. I think it, Sam it was one of the uh, what's that?
1: Yes, I said did not like it, Sam I am. Okay. Uh
0: you know, I, I think the problem with it, it just doesn't advance any of the storylines enough to make it meaningful. I mean, we look at the title, In Memoriam, and I guess we could make the argument that it refers to the loss of innocence for a number of the characters that oh, their, their past lives are dead. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, we have yeah, the but scene. But,
1: I mean, this is the start. Like, what is In, in Memoriam of what? What dies? Like, Innocence, okay, yeah, but which of these characters was really innocent before this episode, you know? Well, like, well, yeah, hmm. in, in, in those terms, I agree, but, but
0: even... What they've known in the past, we we see Clay sitting in his room getting ready to go to the game, and and, and again, we're not feeling sorry for Clay but too much. We be- not well, the- I don't know yeah, but a little bit though, you know, because we see the struggle he has to simply put on the jersey, yeah, move from the bed to his uh, from the chair to the bed, the urine drainage bag hooked up to the catheter. I mean, his life has irrevocably changed. And then he puts on the letterman's jacket and starts taking selfies. So for a moment, it's as if he's back to normal. But, you know, there's a new normal. And for him, what he knows in the past is gone. And I guess I was a little surprised he even agrees to do this whole number retiring ceremony. And I guess you could also argue he wasn't sure that he didn't know they were going to retire his number. Yeah, Yeah, I
1: don't think he knew that. He looked surprised when that happened. Right, so but but let's, you know, let's get started with it. All right, let's get started with Clay because okay. I have multiple problems with this episode, almost okay. from the minute it starts to the minute it ends. Okay, but let's go. start with this, and and you, you nail on the head. The kid is paralyzed, and that sucks, and that that is terrible. But he's paralyzed because he tried to rape a girl, or he he did he he sexually assaulted a girl. And as a direct consequence of those actions, he's in a wheelchair now. So do we really feel sorry for him? But you can't help but, though. As you said, we see him struggling just to get – but then the next minute, like you said, he's taking the selfies, so he's back to being kind of the cocky a-hole he was, right? Yeah. Um, So it's really inconsistent. I don't mind ambiguity. In fact, I love ambiguity. But I think here it's just completely inconsistent, like – you know they're they're toying with the us as the the um the audience by one minute he's an asshole this the next minute which clearly uh, just a couple episodes when he was in the hospital and that the cheerleader girl came in total asshole there but now we kind of feel sorry for him but then we don't so much but then we do again and then it's back and forth right it's just i just found it... I don't know. It's just like just inconsistent, and um, I just I just didn't like how that played out. And I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm not saying I have to think someone's either all good or all bad. Obviously, humans have a little bit of both. But you know, you're like trying to drum up all the sympathy because he's you know paralyzed. But like I said, he's paralyzed because he sexually assaulted a girl, and with you know without clearly without her consent at all. And And this is the consequence. So are we to pity him because of the consequence of his own horrific actions?
0: Well, no, I mean, I agree with you. And we jump to the final scene of the episode when Henry finally goes to confront Clay about the accident. And, you know, this is one of those scenes in the episode that really does push the arc forward because we've often wondered whether she would, actually explain to him what happened and, and and as we've said just because she explains what happens does, doesn't mean he's going to be able to tell anybody about it but while she's talking to him and confronting you, you can see she's fighting back the tears and some of them are, are getting through anyway and she tells him that he hurt her and his reaction i hurt you i'm in the wheelchair but as you said he did hurt her and yeah. it's not going to go away. And right. it may never go. Yeah, I mean, it may never go away. I mean, she may learn to deal with it. And, and it does seem as if being with Josh, who will you know talk at more length in a few minutes, it allows her to feel safe enough to maybe just push that off to the side for a while. But then she says, I did this to you, and I'm glad you're stuck in the chair. And we're like, whoa.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
0: it's good that
1: she took control. Exactly, yes. It is good, but we have to question her judgment in, like, okay, so you tell him that he assaulted you. All right, fine. Confessing that you did this to him? Not, that's not, you you know his dad freaking took you up to Canada so you could finger someone to kill you know that so you're gonna go and confess that you did it of course people still say, well, how the hell did she do it but and, but and still, she doesn't explain that here either obviously. right no she doesn't but but still like why why would you I mean I get your you're pissed you're, you're, you're fit of rage um you're trying to do de- we see her the whole time trying to you know process this which obviously she hasn't at all but you know like going to confront clay. Yes, that should be part of the process of getting through this. But I think she skipped a couple steps. Like, one being a big one is to maybe talk to... I mean, she's kind of talked to Jenna about it, but not really because she keeps pushing Jenna aside. But here in Josh, it seems like it's really someone she can confide in, someone she can be honest with, but she won't tell him. Yeah, you know? and... and,
2: and-
0: you know, I think I have some reasons why that might be at this point in the narrative, and it doesn't have anything to do with that I've seen ahead. But we also, though, get Clay. It's the man
1: bun. I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> she doesn't trust. She doesn't trust anyone with a man bun, as you should not. So, yeah, but
0: you know, after she leaves Clay, and he starts processing what she's told him, we get that flashback to the way he remembers it, which, of course, is not how it was. I mean, it right. was for a few seconds, but then uh, again, yeah. which also tells us that his memory of the entire incident is still pretty sketchy. Now, granted, we could say, well, his flashback, that's what he wants to believe. He doesn't want to believe that about himself, but then he must not know himself very well. Yeah. So, um,
1: right. Uh, well, and that's the other thing. Like, How can he have a completely different, recollection of it like you know like granted like what happened happened right he, if he remembers up to that bit of what happened then he knows that that's not how it went down
0: yeah right well, well let's talk about jenna for a second because uh, it, this really is kind of character driven there's not a lot of intersecting uh story threads going on in this episode and, and i love we see henry climbing a ladder to sneak back into her room and we're thinking well why doesn't she just teleport (laughs) why is she climbing a ladder and trying to go through the second story window of course she falls and teleports in anyway and then she joins the family for breakfast which is probably not something that happens all that often and she's relatively cheery which i guess we could argue has something to do with josh being in town sure But we learned Jenna won the state science fair decathlon, but Towns is going to be accepting new award. Okay. So, you know, nothing out of the ordinary there, but, you know, Fred mentions in his feedback and and he asks us to go back and look at a few earlier scenes. We see Jenna looking at porn on her laptop in her bedroom. And she goes from searching for (laughs) blowjobs and we see she's about to click. The lesbian link. Right. And then she goes to romance. And you know, we've talked last time about her sort of being interested in watching the girls kiss at the bowling alley. So are are they sending us down a path where Jenna is going to explore her own sexuality? Because, you know, this whole thing with Zach just feels so wrong. And you know, in terms of feeling sorry for anybody, I mean, Zach does seem like a nice guy. He, he, sure. This was his first time. He doesn't push her at all. In fact, if anybody's doing the pushing, it's her. And it's as if, all right, I've got to see what it is. Let me, let me see if this is really what I want. Do I want to have sex with a guy or, you know, is there something else out there for me? So, you know they have it. They're both uncomfortable, but you know it's it's relatively innocent and assuming everybody used protection, I guess. No harm, well, he did, no foul. He,
1: like, he was he, he definitely had it, um, right. You know, Okay. So the second thing I have problems with here are the icky teenage sex scenes. I, I, I guess I don't know. Like they're teenagers. We we don't we don't want to see that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Probably people do. But like I don't know. It's just uh, once I'm like, oh well this is kind of like a nice sexy, but I'm like, oh wait, hold on. They, like, she's, you know, Henry's sixteen, Jenna's sixteen. Like I, I grant that it's not, it's consensual and with the, you know other minors as well, but I'm like you know, I don't I don't know. Well, I don't know about- Well see my point about it all, whether
0: it's the experimenting with uh, zach or if she ends up you know liking girls it's like well, what does that have to do with the overall story which is henry and her teleportation abilities and the fact that there's some dark group out there that you know is after people with her ability i mean that's the main storyline A- right. you know and henry coping with these newfound superhero powers so whether jenna likes girls or boys just seems like something they're throwing into the narrative because they think
1: they have to yeah i mean i i I, I don't actually mind that storyline at all um and i think they, they they handle it in a way that like because i mean how many teenagers especially teenagers who suspect that they might be be gay right and you know that's that, that point where they get to admitting that to themselves is probably you know i yeah, i don't know but i imagine that's got to be a a heck of a struggle right sure. i mean it has got to be something because you're working against so much stuff so much societal expectation uh parental expectation just everything um so that you know jenna might be exploring other aspects of her sexuality but she glides over the lesbian and goes to romance, ends up hooking up with a guy that she doesn't, you know, I, like you said, it's it's weird. She's not really into it, it doesn't seem like. Um, and it seems like she's, I, I, like, I call it the, the old college try. You know, she's just like, this is what I'm expected, right? People expect me to be heterosexual. People expect, you know, me to be messing around and hooking up with guys. So, you know, I'm going to do what people expect me to do. Like I said, I mean, that's, you know, society is, is a bear, you know, as far as as the expectations it puts on, on young people and, uh, and trying to deal with that. And as well as trying to, you know, explore what you really are and your true identity.
0: But I I guess the interesting thing as we're talking it through is that with all of this teleportation stuff related to Henry going on, she and towns are still doing normal teenage stuff that jenna exploring her sexuality that's normal teenage stuff you know uh, uh towns uh, why don't we go ahead and jump to him because we see the opening scene where it just establishes his morning routine of doing everything at the same time every day which doesn't come as any surprise sure but he's playing the uh multiplayer online role-playing game And we learn he's got a girlfriend online and he's never met her, but he tells her he's in love with her. Uh, Again, she seems nice the little bit we hear of her online, but Fred also asks, why is it always his sister at the door trying to get him off to school? Where are the parents? Good question. Yeah.
1: I mean, we, we haven't seen the parents at all, you know, and that's... Something I also put in my notes. So I'm not stealing from you, Fred, but but yeah, like you know when um, when Jenna and Henry came by before, no parents. So it, yeah, it really seems like the sister is taking care of towns.
0: Right now, I'll just say it's an issue that will be addressed, and I'll ju- I'll just leave it at that. But th- what's really painful to watch is the ceremony at the school and and we already know that he's supposed to accept the award and yet she his girlfriend has agreed to come to the ceremony so he's out there in the hallway waiting nervously for her to show up inside the gym jenna looks nervous because she doesn't know where towns is and she's not prepared to accept the award although as it turns out all she had to do is walk up grab the trophy and say thanks and then it's not like she had to make a speech or uh, yeah, anything. she had to pose
1: her picture too.
0: Right, right. But we we get that standard scene we've seen so many times. Uh, the principal or whoever she was. Towns, Linderman, everybody looks around and there's no <laughs> yeah. towns. Um, you know, so we've seen it before, but we also see Josh and Henry in the gym. And I don't know that it matters for anything, but I started thinking, like, well, does Josh know that Henry lives with Jenna? Have they gotten that far in the explanation? You know, maybe mom does notice Josh standing with Henry and, and recognizes him as a, a boyfriend from before they moved to uh, Reston. Yeah, And then we get that scene where Clay wheels in, Henry leaves before she can get out there and i think this speaks to henry's character and we've really hit henry pretty hard for some of the things she's said and done to other people and deservedly so but here you know she makes up for it a little bit because he is just absolutely crestfallen and she doesn't just walk by uh she's really sweet to him suggests giving her a second chance and if not, I'll kick her fucking ass. And his reaction is just priceless because the smile on his face, you know, it's, he knows that despite uh, her idiosyncrasies, she's on his side. And of course his idiosyncrasies are well-documented as well. And then we know they had their falling out yet. He says, I'll be there for you if you need me. So, you know, team Henry's hopefully back together a bit but just really a wonderful scene from henry's standpoint and we just feel terrible for for uh towns
1: yeah um you know I, I, we know when towns is like oh you're gonna be there like the me saying like oh, of course she's not gonna be there like you know um i'm it probably plays out differently in real life but the, the tv show like there no way is the Uh, cyber girlfriend gonna actually show up Um,
0: well and and then when when he gets back home and they connect again online he is not having any of her excuses and then she tells him what i guess we perceive to be the truth at this point you won't like the way i look
1: i don't don't perceive that to be the truth at all i I think towns is being played you know and and that's That's a, a a player's move right there, you know. Oh, you're not going to know the way I, you're not going to like the way I look. Oh, so now I sympathize with you, you know. I mean, that's possible, obviously, you know. But also, it could be, and of course, when we know that there's dark forces at work here, you know, we are. I am suspicious of pretty much everything, and some, and not nothing against towns, but some cyber girl saying she loves them and everything. I'm suspicious of that. Okay. And, and you should be. So, but. Look at what happened least... to Manti Teo, is all I got to say.
0: <laughs> well, he forgives her at least so they can slay some orcs together. And, you know, you know what they say about the family that slays orcs together.
1: Yeah, you know, that's you got to have something in common. All right. Now, what are
0: you thinking about Officer Halche at this point?
1: Oh, my God. Ugh. All right, this is probably the worst part of this episode. And I'm sorry. I I know I'm done with this episode, but this was just beyond the beyonds. This was just the worst writing ever because she sets up this whole thing. Like, throughout pretty much the course of the episode, she sets up this intricate plan where she gets her car towed and she meets Anna at a bar or Cleo at a bar and she pretends to drink while Cleo drinks, so she loosens her up, gets her to get her back into the office, only to get about thirty seconds of rummaging. Through. Like, really? Like that was as far as your plan went? Like, your plan sucked. It's ridiculous. Like, what you know? So we have this very careful kind of Machiavellian plan for like the lamest end game ever. I'm just like. I can't express enough of my disgust with that plot point. So anyway, I apologize. Well,
0: I'll that's no okay. I mean, I, I mean, I certainly have been on the fence about what I feel about Halche. To a certain extent, she's not unlike Henry using people to get what she wants. And I'm, it, it's certainly bothersome to me that she just won't let this go, despite the fact that her boss tells her to let it go that the case is closed and yet she's willing to befriend Cleo and, and we understand Cleo doesn't have friends in this town i mean outside of Jenna's father uh Thomas who does she really have i mean Iris at the diner but we don't really see her with with any friends but i guess it's when Mrs Miller comes to her and asks about Amos's missing Bible, and she seems kind of unhinged, Mrs. Miller, that is, that really sets her on the path that, all right, this is what I need. This will justify me going above my boss's head and continuing this investigation, even though he told me not to.
1: With an illegal search? Completely inadmissible in court? Like, it's just, oh, it's the worst. It's the worst. Like, there's... there's you mean at the dealership?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, and and poor Cleo, I need this job. This is how I pay my daughter's medical bills, you idiot. Yeah. And you, you just feel so bad for Cleo because she thought for a second, this might be somebody that yeah. I could go have a drink with once a week or whatever right. and, and, yeah. and and talk about things. And no- and, 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 you know, good for Cleo. She recognizes it right away. It's like, get the hell out. I don't yeah. want anything to do with you.
1: Well, and, you know, I mean, her next call should be the bill saying, hey, you know, Officer Holche was just rummaging through your shit. Yeah. Like, that's completely a good point. illegal search. Um, you know, maybe you should get your lawyer on this. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it. it's just so, like I said, it's just, you know, I, I referred to things before and Doctor Who as ludicrous, but good ludicrous. This is not good ludicrous. This is bad ludicrous. This is (laughs) ridiculous. Like, like there's no way that she sets up this whole plan just so she can rummage through the cabinet while Cleo is getting her keys, which is going to take at best a minute, which it takes less than that, which is probably what threw her off. Now, like, but what was she thinking? Did she think like the, like Bill was going to leave a Bible from someone he killed lying around? Like that's that's great. Like just the fact that his missing Bible and that the mother's insistence that it was stolen—like stolen, like stolen? really—they stole his Bible. The okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like like uh, if you, you're worried that he was killed, that's one thing. But you're worried that his Bible was stolen, so clearly something's afoot here. I mean, it just the whole thing, just. No. Just not not up
0: to stuff that I thought. All right. Well, let's finish up with Henry because you know, that's the bulk of the episode and her relationship with Josh, who drops her off at home right from the start. I mean, he seems like a sweet guy, obviously knows her well, asks her if it's okay to hang around town for a few days, and, and she says, okay, fine, pick me up after school. And I think that's one of the important things that comes out uh, of the story is that while she is getting to know Jenna better and Towns to some extent, they don't know her like Josh knows her. And and we don't know what their relationship was like previously. But, you know, you know we, we see the two of them in a number of situations here. Before we even get back to Josh, though, you know, Henry and Jenna are walking into school. And, and I like that motif because we've seen it a number of times where they're walking into school or leaving school and talking about something of importance. Henry wants to know how to approach her mother about the family home that she was in, you know, with, with uh, God, I can't remember her name now, the uh, Dippy. Dippy. Yeah. Right. And that maybe her father could be like her. So she's starting to wonder, well, yes you say my father was schizophrenic dippy that is but maybe you mistook his teleportation and all of the weirdness that goes along with that for schizophrenia but then jenna just brings up henry's boyfriend and and you know they they kind of get away from the subject you know henry says she can handle the fact that it's going to be a ceremony for clay but of course she doesn't and 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 rightly so she leaves and that leads to that scene we talked about with towns but uh josh and henry are driving in the car and and all of a sudden he just kind of stops and wants to know what's going on with her and we know what's going on with her and you know fred brings this up in his feedback about whether or not josh is going to be brought into henry's teleportation secret he's certainly not in this episode. What do you think? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I think you can certainly make the case that she doesn't want to burden him with that, but she clearly feels safe when she's with him.
1: Yeah. And you know, he, his plan and like, it's always Montana, right? That's where like the big Edenic pie in the sky. Let's just run away and live a, a life without TV and will ride horses and breathe in the fresh mountain air in Montana, you know, and from what I've heard, Montana is an awesome place. So, so I get it, but you know, that's, just, we see this kind of like Josh is a sweet kid, but you also, and I think, you know, uh, Henry recognizes this as well, is that he has this kind of, he's like a kind of unrealistic dreamer. So, and, you know, I think it's, it's notable that, like you said, like I, I said before, she doesn't talk to him about the assault and she doesn't tell him about the teleporting. And you're right, we don't know the, really the exact nature of their relationship. He does come and pick her up in Vermont and bring her back. Um He takes her away to a hotel and they have sex, which, again, why all the teenage sex scenes? Come on, I don't you know? um and uh you know so like like i said i mean he he seems like a person if if there's anyone in this world that she seems to be very close to he seems to be that person but yet she doesn't tell him about the most personal things that are happening in her life yet yeah right which i guess of ultimately she will but well right. i'm not saying she will or
0: won't uh, but you know it, it's still early for you know their reconnection and you know i think the thing we also have to understand about josh is we learn he's the product of an alcoholic father we hear no mention of a mother so they have a sort of connection e- even though cleo it doesn't show any uh, evidence of having had a drinking problem or anything like that. Her deal was just moving Henry from place to place, man to man, but still it, it didn't provide a very solid foundation for either young person. So, so they do have that connection and while they're sitting there talking, you know, she initiates sex with him And it doesn't go very far because she gets the image of Clay in her head. And then he has to actually tell her to stop apologizing for not going through with it. And then he says, I want to show you this cool place. I think you'll like it. Trust me. If you're not into it, I'll give you a ride home. And as you said a few minutes ago, you've come to basically distrust everybody to a certain extent. And I, I remember the first time thinking, who, where is he taking her? Is she going right. to end up like, you know, locked coffin buried underground or, you know, but no, he, he takes her to this, you know, remote place. There's a blank cinder block wall. And we realize that he's a graffiti artist also. And that clearly that was something that they had together. And is that a Firebird Phoenix that they painted, or am I just reading too much into that? Uh, it was purple though, but I guess yeah, it was pretty cool know. looking. It looked it, great. Oh, it was, it was, and, and then they're eating subs, and, and it, again, they know each other so well. Like he talks about the disgusting amount of mayonnaise she puts on her sandwiches or whatever, uh, and you know, you you mentioned the moving to Montana, and she tells him if I do that, I'd be running away just like my mother. And I'm thinking, no, it's really not the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But,
0: but but you're 16 years old. Right. So no, that's not really an option. We get the idea. He's maybe a few years older than her, which then goes back to, you know, the sex thing. I didn't get the impression. This was the first time they'd had sex, if she's yeah. 16 now. Right. Um See, know, this is where it gets icky. Well, right. And, uh, you know, if we just look at it as the amalgam of her life experiences, I guess we just have to say she's lucky to be as stable as she is at this point, dealing with everything she's dealing with. So. You know, his comment, don't let your mom's shit trap you here. Well, again, that's easy to say, and and I know he has her best interests at heart, but he also tells her how devastated he was when she left. So did she just leave without a word? Did she and mom leave in the middle of the night? Uh, He tells us that apparently he used to do drugs and is clean now, and he certainly— Looks good and and looks clean and except for the man bun.
1: Yeah, it needs um, a haircut,
0: but other than that, uh, hair's okay. Just the man bun needs to go. <laughs> but uh, you know, so so in terms of this episode as a whole, I mean, I agree with you. I, I mean, in terms of a grade, I, I'm just going to go with a solid B. Yeah, I, I, I don't even know if B plus is
1: warranted here. I don't. I'm I'm going C minus, honestly. Okay. Wow, okay. this is about as bad as I mean, and I I, I like the thing is I like the show. And I've really enjoyed it up to this point, but I really did not enjoy this episode. I guess probably some like I don't know. Like I feel like I get I get mad. I guess when when a show we're we're uh, podcasting on, I, I feel like I just that's just forty five minutes of my life, you know that. Um, that I don't get back. And so I, I guess that if I, if I, I apologize, if I, during this podcast, I've sounded a little bitter, but just like when I get done, I'm like, God, like not only did nothing's good, like it wasn't really enjoyable. There were some moments there. You know, and Josh is a sweet character. I like him as a character. I still like Jenna a lot as a character. Obviously, Henry Towns, a lot of these characters. But there's just so much so wrong with this episode. The writing was just atrocious. You know, I just I don't know. So yeah, so that's 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 the deal. (laughs) Well,
0: I guess my problem with the writing is not so much the dialogue. The dialogue was fine. It's just that not enough happened related to the core story that we had bits and pieces here and there, but we're not talking about a 24 episode season where you can have a little bit of filler. Right. And you can argue, well, this is character development. All mm-hmm. right, fine. I, I'll give you character development. But, I, I
1: wouldn't even give you that. Well, okay. And, and like really what character is developed beyond what we already knew about them. Well, I mean, I guess you could argue the sexuality
0: thing with Jenna.
1: Okay. All right. I'll give you that. Um, And
0: yeah, pretty much that.
1: (laughs) Uh, Right? Because we've seen, like you say, well, Henry and her reaction to the town shows that she's sweet. Well, we've seen that before, though. Yeah, we've seen her be kind with people. We know she's not awful all the time. Sometimes she is. Sometimes she's not. She's a teenager. That happens, you know? But otherwise, just- Yeah, no. Okay. Uh, Anything
0: else you want to bring up before we listen to Fred?
1: No, I really don't. (laughs) Okay,
0: (laughs) Okay, all right.
2: Uh, Let's hear what Fred from the Netherlands has to say this week. Hello, Dave and Wayne and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for Impulse, Season 1, Episode 6. First off, a small reaction to last week's podcast. Dave, you were comparing Henry to Jessica Jones. And I didn't think of that. But actually, that's for, let's say, a character feeling, not such a bad one. And of course, as you said, Jessica is older than Henry. But in a general feeling, I'm, I think that's quite right. Or right, I at least could agree on that. One other thing about last week's podcast and last week's episode was that you mentioned that Jenna was interested at the bowling alley in the two women that were kissing. And actually, I didn't notice that. And that's a bad sign, or a good sign. A bad sign in the sense of that I didn't pay attention enough, or a good sign in the sense of I just interpreted that as being charmed by seeing and perhaps wanting for herself just love, and I just didn't notice it were two women. It were just two people who were into each other. Period. I hope it's the last one. Now being pointed at that by you, I also noticed that when Jenna was looking at a porn site in this episode, and she was looking for instructions to how to do a blowjob, I thought that she hesitated a little bit around the topic of lesbian sex, but then she went for romantic. But there was a little hesitation there. So you could be right. One thing I noticed is that one of those two women that were kissing in the bowling alley Jenna was looking at is Towns' sister Megan. Did you notice that? And the next thing I want to ask you is go back to episode 3, around 16 minutes, when Henry and Jenna go to Towns' house for the very first time. Megan opens, and Megan says, Jenna, Faith, Hope. And Henry was amazed that Jenna's middle name was Faith. How did Megan know? I really want you to have a look for two minutes at when Megan is opening the door to Henry and Jenna and how the interaction is between Jenna and Megan and what your opinion is about that, now knowing that the woman in the bowling alley is Towns' sister and secondly that Jenna was looking at not just two women kissing and being interested perhaps in lesbian love, but this is Megan. In this episode, so episode 6, It's actually Megan that pushes towns every morning to school. She has a break from college, and it's not the mother. So, where are the parents of those two? In my definition of last week's episode as the play nice episode, it's a pity that Anna was not in that episode because she plays nice here with Cleo and Cleo feels afterwards, of course, very used because Anna is just getting to her to get in the Boone's office to look for proof. Well, Anna was in last week's episode, but not in the play nice sense. I think she is a good police officer and a keen detective, but here she made a big mistake and it was, I think, a bit silly that how quick Cleo came back and she got caught. She could have expected that Cleo would be back very soon. So this was a bit unreal. Wayne called it last week, alterative motives. And I think in Anna it's the same, because I think she did like bonding with Cleo. But she had a second agenda as well. Perhaps I have to adjust my opinion about Henry and my question if I like her or not. Because in this episode we see she is much nicer and considerate to towns. But I wonder if that comes by having contact with Josh. We really see that these two bond and have a connection, have the same mindset... And you see that it makes Henry more at ease and less stressed. And you could wonder if she is less stressed that she also can be nicer to other people as to Towns in this case. I really wonder how long this Josh will stay around and whether Henry will tell him the truth what is happening to her. Or even that he will witness a a telekinesis event. What I didn't see coming and what i completely didn't expect is that henry would confront clay with the truth and clay is of course saying she's crazy but then if he remembers it back of course he starts remembering how it was in his mind so not what really happened okay that was all for now greetings till the next time fred from the netherlands
0: all right. Well, you know, in going through my notes, I, I think we've pretty much addressed most of Fred's questions and, and comments. I, I, I guess the only one that, and I think we even uh, talked about this, but is the fact that Josh is in town and with her influencing Henry to perhaps be a little nicer to people. And, you know, maybe I, I, again, I think clearly, having Josh back in her life temporarily is a good thing. How long he's going to stay around remains to be seen. He does seem to have a plan for his life. As you said, he wants to go to Montana. He he clearly wants to enjoy the outdoors, snowboarding, uh, fly fishing. He's going to build his own house. Well, do you know how to do that? Nope. (laughs) Okay. Um, but 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 he at least has a plan and and he well well i mean he has a a bad plan a welding gig well but once he gets out there i mean like he's gonna figure out how to build a
1: house well though that's that seems maybe
0: one of the things i've learned is you can you can figure out anything out on the internet these days but no okay (laughs) maybe not anyway um so yeah so i would say fred yeah I, i do think josh being around contributes to henry being nicer to those around her maybe she would have been just as nice seeing towns look so crushed even if josh wasn't there but i don't think so honestly i think seeing clay wheel into the gym you know, the reaction was immediate. Let's go. Had Josh not been with her, I don't know. Maybe she would have just walked right by Towns, said something, maybe not. But, right. you know, I, I think that's reasonable.
1: Sure. So, sure. Well, I thought it was a good pickup there. And, I, you know, I don't know. I'm looking at the pictures and I guess that is that Towns' sister, Megan, was the one in the bowling alley kissing the other woman. Yes. So, I mean, that's that's a good pickup. That's that's something I think, you know, I think, uh, you know that, that, that could, you know, there's, I don't know. I mean, that could be something that plays out later. Well, I mean, I'm sure it will play out later, you know. No, no. I'll just keep my mouth shut since I...
0: <laughs> right. See? I know certain... It's I know not things. easy, right? It isn't easy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and leave it there. Uh, not one of either of our favorite episodes. I think I liked it a little better than you did, but I'm not even sure liked is the right word to use. So we'll just leave it there. And that'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. want to thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Impulse, Dark, which is a few months away. Anything else going on in genre TV? Tell us what you guys are watching, whether on the Facebook group or via... uh, written email audio clip whatever join the facebook group let us know what's going on in your sci-fi life if you're already a member spread the word emails go to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com voicemails can go via the speak pipe tab which you can access through the website we'll be back next week to discuss impulse season one episode seven titled he said she said but until then
1: well, you know, Dave, after when we're done here, I was going to get some gas in my car, but you know what? Traffic sucks right now, so I thought I'd wait it out a couple of days.